All right, everyone, have a seat. We got lots to get done today. I know, sit down. A uh, couple things before we get started. Um, because of the way that um, we have come out of the pandemic, we, we really are almost like a, a, a transplant, a replant, a relaunch of a church, which means that we very much need everyone, people that may be watching or watch later on in the week, everyone to chip in and, and serve, at least for a season until we can, um, you know, until the Lord brings uh, change. So we need tech team people. We need coffee and people. We need, um, what was the last one? first impressions people in fact today the first impressions team will be having a meeting right after well actually 15 minutes after the service ends we're going to have a meeting now remember first impressions is important because in the name there's this phrase called first impressions and so when somebody new comes in you're the first impression see what see see, see how important that is and, and, and we're, we're, at a, we're at a liability anyway, because when new people come in, the first thing they walk into is the bathroom. So we need first, like you young people, come on, man, yeah. work with me. Yeah. But no, really, we need all hands on deck. Children's ministry needs it. Um, every ministry in the church needs help. So let's get on it, huh? All right. So today is Mark Morrissey's birthday. Now, Mark is not here today. I don't know if he's watching home, but supposedly Mark hasn't been feeling good and he's sick. I might have a different interpretation of such a thing, that he did not want to come and be sang to. So we've, uh, I've just created today the Morrissey rule. This rule says that if Sunday is your birthday, and you do not show up, the next time you show up, we will sing for you. All right? That's the Morrissey rule you can tell Mark when you go home. All right, being October, um, one of the ministries that we, uh, that we support is Hope Homes. Uh, Hope Homes is a, um, a ministry in Kenya. We've taken uh, a bunch of different missions trips there. In fact, Mike and I were the first ones in 2011, I think. Um, to go and to scope it out. That's when we had that big snowstorm and you all had no heat and electricity. We had it in Kenya. <laughs> but I digress. Um, so, um, but what we, what we did one year was um, the generosity of this church went out and bought all kinds of Christmas presents because they've lost their ability um, with some donors to get Christmas presents for about 30 kids on the property, on their, on their property. And so you guys went out and you bought all kinds of Christmas presents and then it cost them a thousand bucks to ship them over to Africa. So that was kind of a swing and a miss. So what we've done years prior, or years after that is we take a collection so we can send money so they can then buy Christmas presents. And they've sent us, oops, oh, we're not doing announcements today, just so you know. Well, a lot of announcements today. Please read your email. Every time I see that, I don't see sit. <laughs> so 
So, Oasis, this was written by one of the Hope Holmes kids. Thank you for the clothes, donations, and may God bless you. Thank you very much from Hope Holmes. I'm going to bring this over here so you can all see it. It's one of, the, one of the girls. And this is just some of the stuff they bought for them for Christmas presents. That's one of the boys. Lots of candy. Pin Pop, I've never heard of this. Mr. Z they have the coolest candy. Somebody got a hat? Uh, that's um, Rama. That's she is. Um, she is. She's adopted by William and Mora. Uh, she actually lives in the house proper. And these are just pictures of presents. Now, um, can we get the lights, Dana? Or where'd you go, um, Mo? This is a video, a thank you video that they sent to us, and they finally got the time right. You can shut the big ones off, Mo, up top. My name is Peter Kinyanji. I'm 14 years. I like planting and I have a shamba. Shoshia, they, they protect us and teach us about parents. And the parents that we have here, they teach us to love one another and obey God and love God. And at, they even pay for school, at school, school fees so that we can learn more about school. and I plant maize. Thank you. My name is Joseph. I'm 13 years old. I plant maize in, in my chamber. I like digging because I want to build my muscles. Thank you.
Now we we also uh, we also support them with um, part of our tithe as a church, even even in our present state, ten percent of everything that comes in every quarter goes out to three, actually now four, um, mission agencies uh, in Tupacenti, uh, Honduras for the Children's Rescue Mission. Um, Hope Pregnancy Center in Cheshire. Uh, we give, and also to Hope Homes, and we give a little bit to Turning Point uh, USA in, in Bristol. Um, and so we support them, and so now it's our it's our kind of our Christmas push to get this, and usually we like to give about $2,000 because they have house parents and things like that, so they buy for everyone. Uh, I know we're a smaller church today, um, but let's see if we can get as close as we can to that that number um, so you can if you want to write out a check put in the joy box just put in the memo line uh, hope homes if you want to give online uh, just use the missions tab everything from this day forward that goes into that missions designation will go to hope homes we like to get them the money by the end of November so they can start shopping and they have to take trips into Nairobi which is a good six or seven hours away and, and so there's all kinds of logistics they have to figure out so with that I'm going to pray, and then we'll get going. Father, I want to thank you for the community of faith that you have built here, this little corner of Cheshire. Thank you. My Father, I, I ask that we would continue growing into being the light of the world that we won't let darkness win. So Lord, this morning I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart is acceptable in your sight, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. So it's, it's, been, a, it's been a hard week for me. Many of you know that Jan Nell died on Tuesday morning. Um, he was, uh, he was a friend to me, he was a mentor, he was a father in the Lord. Um, and so it, so it really kind of just kind of took me back a little bit. Um, and as I was praying last week, last Sunday, Monday, you know, God, what is it that you want me to share with, with your church? And he gave me this idea and, and it, it kind of got stuck and confirmed in my spirit. And, um, and so I went with it and I started to kind of um, just read and look and, and fiddle around. And I was looking through some of my notes from Yanel time. And uh, I found these notes on hearing the voice of God. And I'm like, that's what I was supposed to preach on this week. And so I remember, and so something came into my brain. And it's something that Jan used to say all the time to me. 
unless you teach what you've been taught, you never fully make it your own. Now, I don't mean like standing in the pulpit or, or in a, you know, a Bible study you're, you're presenting, but unless we teach or instill or impart to someone what we know or what we've been taught, it doesn't fully become ours. And so I thought, Jan just wrote my sermon. Thank you, sir. Because I want to, because, you know, sometimes we get caught into this thing of, you know, does God even speak today? Is he, is he there? Is he talking? And then I got to thinking, well, is the church even listening today? Are we listening to the voice of God? Because the voice of God, God, through the Spirit, still speaks today. Still speaks today. John chapter 8 says, Whoever is of God hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. Now, now this section of scripture is Jesus kind of um, beating up on the Pharisees because they're questioning him and they're poking holes in his story. And, and so he is, he is confronting them with this truth. But the principle remains. If you are of God, if you follow him, if you are part of the salvation story that God has set up for us, then you are going to hear him. See, I'm looking out here, and, and I know most of you, probably all of you, know God. Are you listening? See, because God speaks. God speaks in, in really two different ways. God will speak objectively to us. His word, logos, objectively means there's, there's, there's no room for interpretation. I know that sounds funny when we're talking about scripture because that's what we're talking about, that God speaks to us through his word. If you haven't heard from God lately, there might be a slight possibility you have not cracked your Bible open in a while because that's where he is going to speak to us. That is the objective truth. And what I find interesting about the Bible is it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It's truth. It doesn't matter if you want to poke holes in it, argue against it. It, it doesn't matter. It's truth. That's the primary way that God is going to speak to his people through his word, logos. It's, it's this is beautiful, confirmed, concrete, the word of God, this is it. Now, we all know that that word will then work itself out in us in a subjective manner, it, it, which means it's different. And that's the other way that God speaks to us, subjectively. It, 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 it kind of comes as a, a personal perspective or, dare I use the term, revelation, as Paul taught in Ephesians chapter 1, that he prayed for the spirit of wisdom and revelation to come on the people. And so revelation always comes from the word of God. Revelation, rahema, that, that, that spirit-filled word, that, that, that impression on you will never, ever contradict the word of God. See, that's why it's important that you know the logos. That's why you know and you have to hear from God through his word because everything has to reflect back to that objective truth. And so if you're reading in the scripture that Jesus is the way, 
to God. No one comes to the Father except through Christ. If you've read that, and then you've got this revelation that, oh, wait, no. Um, I think Buddha is another way to get to God. No. It's going against the objective word of God that is not a revelation from the Lord. And so we have to be concretely bound in Scripture. Scripture has to be a priority. Not ministry, not church. I mean, those should be your priorities. Scripture has to be the foundation because without it, you do not hear from God. And because without it, if you hear, then you might be in direct conflict with the word of God. And so how, how does this, uh, how does this subjectiveness work its way out? In, in, in our lives. Remember, this is going to work differently in all of our lives. So Acts chapter 2, Pentecost has happened. Uh, Peter's a big man on campus right now. And he, he, he preaches this sermon, but he's taking this from Joel. And it says, in the last days, it shall be. God declares that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. That means we get some of that Holy Spirit. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. Three ways there. Prophecy, visions, and dreams. These are subjective ways that God gets our attention. That we can actually hear God speak to us on behalf of other people. Scripture is filled with Paul saying, man, I wish, I wish you all just would desire the gift of prophecy because it builds up the church. But this is the way God will speak through the prophetic, through visions. These visions could be in the spirit. These visions could be almost looking realistic. See, when God speaks, it's not always in this very comfortable fashion because God wants to stretch us. And so he's going to speak to us. He's going he's to just move us out of our comfort zone little by little. And so you may come to the point of seeing visions that God has given you on behalf of the kingdom for other people. See, this is the way God speaks. And then us old men, we get to dream dreams because we only sleep four hours at a time. So these are some of the ways that God is going to speak to us. And we have here in Romans. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So Paul is reprimanding, saying, listen, everything in creation and in nature yells to the truth that there is a God. And so we can see God, hear God, listen to God in the context of nature. When I was in Thailand uh, at the Apostolic Adventure with Jan, he used to make us get up like at 4 a.m. Let me just tell you, 4 a.m. is not the morning. It's the middle of the night because it's dark, okay? The, the, the sun wasn't up at 4 a.m., but we were, and they had crackling fires outside and all kinds. I digress. We got to sleep in one, one morning till 6 and so I walk out of my tent, and I look up, and, and the, the scene are, are mountains, the bluest sky I've ever seen, and there's one little cloud in the sky. And I, I still got, like, crunchies in my eyes and, you know, morning breath. I'm like, and it came to me, the story of Elijah, when he prays for rain. 
and he goes back and forth, back and forth, and he's praying, and then the size of a fist, a cloud in the, in the sky. And I looked, and the story came rushing back to me, and God said, this is for you. I am going to, I'm going to water you, and you're coming into a season. Nature spoke the word of God to me. It wouldn't have spoken to me unless I was grounded in Logos, the scripture of God. See, that's the way God reminds us. That's the way he, he grabs hold of us. And then this is Jesus. And he's speaking about sheep and the gatekeeper and the shepherd. To him, the gatekeeper opens, the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. My sheep hear my voice, verse 27, and I know them, and they follow me. Jesus, Holy Spirit, Father, will speak to us as a shepherd. What does a shepherd do? A shepherd guides, a shepherd corrects, a shepherd feeds, a shepherd cares for, a shepherd protects. This is the way God wants to speak to us. He will guide us if we're listening. He will protect us if we're willing to submit to his authority. A shepherd loves his sheep. Those of God will hear the word of God. Those of God will hear the word of God. Now, there's some challenges in this. There are about a bazillion different voices vying for our attention. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to kind of take that bazillion and I'm going to bring it down to four. I'm going to take that bazillion and Jan's going to bring it down to four. The first voice is our own self that pushes against the voice of God. I want that. I deserve that. I'm entitled to that. It's all about me. It's not about them. Me first. Take care of number one. I want, I want, I want. What's in it for me? How are you going to serve me? That voice will drown out the spirit of God quickly. When we make it about us, when we make our faith about us, when we make our life about us, we lose our life. That's what the scripture says. And so don't or, or take that voice captive, that voice in your head that says, me, I, I want, I need, I should, I'm entitled to. The second is of the, the voice of this world. All the ideologies that are just kind of flowing around, wanting you to change, wanting you to just kind of walk back your faith a little bit, just a little bit, just, just you know, I mean, love is love, right? No. The world is vying for our attention. Commercials, newspapers, news um, outlets, media, and, and yes, I'm talking CNN and Fox. Um, it, it just, it's just all noise, drowning out the word of God if we let it. The third voice is the voice of evil or the voice of darkness. But you know, it, I, I find in the church that voice is most prominent, not with go punch him in the face. That, that, that's not what we get in the church. Go kick him in the shin. Nope, nope. What we get is you're not good enough in your brain. 
that's where the enemy comes in. God can't forgive that. You're, you, 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 you think you can come to him again with the same sin over and over and he's going to forgive you? That's not going to happen. That's darkness. That's the lie of the enemy. That's the voice that wants to distract you from the word of God and get you to believe the darkness. So here's the thing. The darkness likes to take just a little bit of truth mix it all up in a big old fat lie. So that lie seems like, yeah, it makes kind of good sense to me. That's why we need to know the word of God. Logos. We have to go back to that. And then the last is, is the voice of God. And this is the one we want to be in tune with. This is the one we want to hear. This is the one we want to practice understanding. Because the voice of God will lead us. It will direct us. It will correct us. It will encourage us. It will establish us. It will make us mature. The voice of God is the voice that we as a church need to tap into. This is, this is where we're going. This is the, the, the whole thing about maturing and the whole thing in the Lord and in our faith. And then, and then like we're running out of time. Like I'm almost 56 and I feel like I'm almost out of time. I hope I have another 20 years. But like people my age are dying. That's freaking me out. Not really, but, you know, it, but it's, it's, we're coming to the end. And so this hearing of God is important because if we don't hear from him, how can we speak the words to the world? How can the Holy Spirit illuminate us so we can be light if we, we, we are not actively pursuing God's voice? So I'm going to get a tissue because I don't know if it's, Anybody else got allergies? I just want to say, I don't like them. I took some Claritin D yesterday. thought I was going to stroke out. Whew. Been taking it in months. But I digress. So, um, when God speaks to us, He's going to speak things that go beyond our comfort zone. If, if God is always telling you or, or moving you or pointing you in a direction that always seems just safe and very doable and, and, and very achievable in your own strength, there is a chance that that just not, might not be from God because God wants to stretch us. God wants to do immeasurably more than we can ever imagine. Remember that? Like more, like remember when I said sometimes I imagine going into a hospital and just, um, and, and just praying over everyone in the hospital and just empty out the hospital and they go bankrupt. God wants to do more than that in me because I can imagine that. But the word says he wants to do more than I can imagine. And so there's a couple other ways that I want to talk about God's revelation to us, how we can hear from God. And, and, there's, and, it's, and this is the subjective way that God speaks to us. The first is by, by hearing, by sound, that God will give you a word. God will give you a phrase. God will give you maybe an entire sentence um, for your own good, yet for, for the prophetically encouraging someone else. And so we have to listen. What is that quickening in your spirit? What is that quickening in your heart? That word, you looked at somebody and the word popped into your mind. The person is hurt. That person is sad. That person needs prayer. That person needs 20 bucks whatever it is god will speak to you that way if we will just tone it down and listen a little bit 
but we go back to the word always because in because anything that he speaks to us has to be in line with logos the word the scripture God will also speak through our senses like you just get this this feeling this, this sense that God wants to do something here, the sense that God wants to, to do something in, in this person's life. I was with, um, Jan was teaching me on, on this prophetic thing. We're out at a diner having lunch, and I think I've shared this story with you before, but um, he's talking about being sensitive to what God is speaking to us. And he goes, and so he said, Dennis, look around and, and, and pick somebody and, and, and look and see where the check in your spirit goes. And I looked around and, and there was this a waitress, but she wasn't really a waitress. She was more like bussing tables and things like that. And, um, and so Jan said to me, well, well, what did God say? And I, I said, well, I think he wants her to know that this is not the end for her, that this is just a stepping stone. And, and he has, and he said, well, go tell her. No, I'm not. No, I mean, look at me. I, I'm gonna get arrested for like I don't know what. And so I didn't, and it didn't go away. And uh, so finally, I'm get, I'm getting up to leave, and I'm I'm turning the corner to walk out. And I walked up to the counter. I said, "Excuse me, but I know this is gonna sound weird, um, but I believe that God wants to tell you something." And she was just like, "Okay." So it wasn't really a groovy feeling at the very beginning, but I had this sense. And I, and I, and I laid it out there, just this is not the end for you. This is just a stepping stone. You're going to go beyond this. That God's got a plan for you. And I just went, I don't remember everything I said. And as I looked up, tears are running down her face. Now I'm nervous because I think I'm going to get arrested. So I say, okay, and I leave. Now, Jan was having another meeting right after mine, and the girl came up to his table, and he said to her, um, do you know what just happened to you? And she said, I have no idea. And he explained this, this, this prophecy, this prophetic. And then she went on to say how she was, excuse me, she was trying to get into this program for school, and, and she was having a hard time, and she couldn't pass the class, or she couldn't pass the test, and she was really depressed about it, and, and she's working, she's bussing tables, and, and it was right on. Now, that doesn't happen to me often, but I'm trying to train myself to be sensitive to what the Spirit is implanting in my heart. That sense to go, you know what, I'm going to step out, and if I get it wrong, well, hopefully I've stepped out with somebody that doesn't know me. And they won't know that. I'll just chalk that one up to oops. Sense. Insight. God will show, this is in the spirit and it could be in the physical. God will give you a picture, a video, a live stream, whatever you want to call it. Uh, a bunch of weeks ago when uh, we were praying for people here during worship, I was sitting over there and I had this, this picture in my brain that just popped in. It was, it was a, uh, a cloudy sky. It was mountains and the mountains, all of a sudden the sky broke open and the light came down and shined just kind of like on me into the valley. And I asked God as I was sitting there, God, what, what, what is that all about? He goes, that is for you. I said, okay. Later on, um, you all gathered around me to pray. And Ben in the back, Ben Shirk, he said, and Dennis, I see a mountain and dark clouds and the cross is on top of the mountain and the clouds open and the light of the cross is shining through. And I'm like, oh, the picture, the picture, 
I got the picture. Ben got the picture. His was a little complete. Mine didn't have the cross. But the light that was shining on me was the cross of Christ. That's the way God wants to speak. That's the way he wants to get our attention. So to hear God, we have to be in relationship with God. To be in relationship with God, we have to be moving into a deeper intimacy with Him. To hear God, we have to be in relationship with Him. To be in relationship with Him means that we are pursuing intimacy. And the pursuit of intimacy begins with this. This is Jesus. And rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Intimacy with God, with God, word and prayer, prayer and word. Prayer has to match the word as the word has to match the prayer. We can't just get crazy and willy. We have to pray. We have to get ourselves. I have to get myself, and I'm telling you, I have to get do it more and more. I have to get myself into the presence of God. This is not praying on your way to work with all of the distractions of morning traffic. This is getting yourself put, it says, it doesn't say Jesus took his tablet, his iPad, he didn't take his cell phone, he didn't take anything with him. He went to a desolate place, there was nothing with him, he got away from it all to be in the presence of God. And it's something that I believe we as, not, not we, but that the church has kind of has lost that because we're so busy that we try to squeeze God into these little portions of our life, like in the car. Now, don't get me wrong, praying in the car is good. I pray in the car a lot. But if that's the only thing you've got, is that's the only relational aspect of your relationship with God is in your car? No. Imagine husband, the only time you talked to your wife was in the car. You better have a comfortable couch. There is no intimacy achieved in, well, there's no intimacy achieved in the car. Not with God. That's a Monday morning hangover. Oops. Prayer, his presence is everything. When, when Moses came down after being in the presence of the Lord, he had all that Shekinah all over him. They were all freaked out. He had to put something over his head. People will recognize something in you when you make persistent presence, the persistence of presence in the presence of, when you get with God, people will notice because you will be changed. You will be changed. And we have to practice that, that presence. We have to uh, align ourselves. We have to be sensitive and understand that, that God is always speaking to us. Always. Always speaking. In the mundane, at your job, in the shower. I get the best lines of uh, communication with God in the shower. I don't know why. The, 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 the things that seem like they have absolutely no meaning... God wants to use and speak through. But we have to be ready to listen. We have to posture ourselves to listen in the everyday. And we have to develop that awareness that we are to listen to the voice of God. 
I was at my mom's uh, a couple weeks ago. I was in a rush. I had to go all the way to Thomaston. I had to do some stuff for her, and then I had to come. I think I had to come back here, and I'm running around, running around in her house, and taking out the garbage, blah blah blah. blah. And and I said, okay, mom, I gotta go, and I gave her a kiss, and I felt the spirit say to me, you gotta pray for your mom. And I'm like, I don't have time. Like I gotta go, and, and I'll, I'll I'll pray in my car. <laughs> So I goodbye bye and I boom close the door and, and, and this 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 thing and like you gotta pray for your mom, you gotta pray for your mom. and I had to turn around and go back and pray for my mom because I decided to be obedient because that's the next thing. We have to have an immediate obedience to the voice of God because our disobedience to the voice of God seems to at times can can quiet the voice for the next time and then the next time. And then the next time, and before you know it, you don't even hear God anymore because you were disobedient in something over and over and over again. You see immediate obedience to the voice of God. Hey, I want you to go talk to that lady in the cash or in the checkout line. I'm not doing it. You go and you talk. If you get it wrong, who cares? You've looked foolish before in your life. Why not look foolish for Jesus? Right? You've made a fool of yourself before. We all have. Why not for Jesus? obedience to what the Spirit tells us. Obedience when the Spirit says, go pray for that person. You go pray for that person. Go open the door for that lady. Go help Go help that guy with his groceries, getting him to the back of the car. Those are the mundane little things that, that, that the Spirit of the Lord will speak to us in, and that we have to be obedient right away because obedience builds our uh, capability, our ability to hear the Spirit clearly. If you make a mistake, so what? You make a mistake. There's no failure in mistakes. The only failure there is, is failure to learn. If you have failed and you've learned, you really haven't failed. You just made a mistake. The writer of Hebrews, he, he talks about this idea of, of this sin that we have that really distracts us. We're surrounded by so uh, a great cloud of witnesses. Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that's set before us. Let us get rid of, you see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and say, uh, I'm not even going to talk about um, actions, like like sinful actions that we have, because the the manifestation of sin in our life doesn't just it, it starts it starts in here it starts in here, and so lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. Wrong thinking is a weight that will pull you away from God. Thinking that God doesn't love you, thinking that the promises are for someone else, thinking that you're not good enough. When I, I know I'm beating this dead horse, but it is so important to get rid of that garbage out of your mindset that you would be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the scripture tells us, and that we would be released from those weights, released from those sins. Also, what I, I've come to this place of... of um, <laughs> When I watch, and, and, and I'm not a, I'm not a big um, I'm not a big you shouldn't watch R-rated movie kind of guy, you know, unless Jesus is in it and he's being beaten up because that was R-rated too. But I'm finding myself 
more and more like when when the when the um when the sexy scenes come on i fast forward now just because it makes me uncomfortable it makes me just i, I don't like to I don't even even if they're just making out. Have, I, I don't I don't want I don't need to see that because see what goes in my eyes, what goes into my ears affects my ability to hear from God. If I am putting garbage in, if I'm putting crap into my into my mind, into my into my brain, into my heart, into my eyes and ears, that I'm going to drown out the sound of God. And so I have to make sure that I guard myself. For me, it's the, it's that thing in the movie. For you, it might be something totally different. What is it that's weighing you down? What is it that's this? that you're believing about yourself that is not of God, that is not of the word of God, it's not of the revelation of God, and it's weighing you down. It's pulling you into sin. And then, if you believe wrong, you will quiet the voice of God. God doesn't talk to me. Well, yeah, he does, you're just not listening. I can't hear God. Well, yeah, you can, you just take a little time and effort. Why would God want to? Because he wants to. See, God wants to talk to us. God wants to guide us, lead us, forgive us, encourage us, empower us. These are all things that he wants for his people. John chapter 15, I don't have the slide up here. Um, I, was, I was just caught up this weekend in um, John 14 through 17. I just couldn't put it down. I read it a bunch of times over and over again. Um, but there's this, there's, there's a verse in John chapter 15, I believe it's verse seven, and and Jesus is talking. They're all red letters, you know, priestly prayer and all that stuff, and um, and and he says, if you abide in me, and my word abides in you, then you can ask the Father for anything you want, and He will give it to you. So, so now there's a principle that we have to understand. If I abide in Christ, that means if I'm all in, like he is the priority, he is my focus, the kingdom is, the, is, is where I am, where I belong, and what I'm living for. If I abide in him, and then I take his word, I take his word, and, I, and, I, and, and, and it's in here because I have put the, the logos, the objective word of God as the foundation in my heart, and I'm opening myself to the revelation of what that word says. And so if, if I bring myself um, to those places, and I have to admit right now, I totally forgot where I was going with that. Ah, thank you. See what happens when you don't have it up there? Then anything I will ask, because I will know what to ask. I will know what the will of God is. Why? Because I have the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit knows the will of God. And so that Spirit is in me. All I have to do is ask, and those prayers will be answered. And then the next verse, it says, well, why? Because that brings glory to God. And so if you think that God doesn't want to bring himself glory by answering the prayers of the saints, you're wrong. And so we have to open ourselves up to hearing God's word. And this is why. And Jesus said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering the sight of the blind, to set liberty at those who are oppressed, proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That was Jesus' job. That's our job. Jesus has two requirements of us, that we would be born of the spirit, that we would be filled with the spirit. And once we're born of the spirit and filled with the spirit, we got that job. We go to proclaim the good news. 
We go to proclaim liberty. We recover the sight of the blind. Okay, I know we like to get all, all like, well, you know, that means the, the spiritually blind. No, man, I'm tired of just spiritual miracles that, that nobody can really see. We're talking about bringing sight to the blinds. Like healing, opening eyes, spitting in the mud, wiping the mud on the eyes. That's what our job is. That's why we need to hear God. That's why we have to start taking this very serious because the world is broken, man. And we have the answer. And it's our job to, to offer healing, to proclaim. Imagine that, to proclaim the Lord's favor. And so we, we get to go out and we get to find broken people. And we'll recognize broken people because... We, we're always, we always can tell some brokenness because we've experienced that same brokenness. We can see the look on their face. We can, we can just sense what's going on in their spirit. We're to seek those people out and we're to bring them the good news. We're to hear, to stop and listen. Okay, God, what are, what are you doing here? Did he give me a picture? Has he given me a word? Has he given me a sound? Is there a sense? What is it, Holy Spirit? And don't give up. If it doesn't come right away, sometimes you only get one word, and you got to go by faith and just start with that one word and watch the Spirit just dump a, a, a download into your system, and you'll be able to share. We have to, have to, have to. I, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat, man. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. We have to begin to um, foster and nurture hearing from the Lord because this is how we bring light into the darkness. So Father, thank you for the love that you have for your people, for the, the grace that has been poured out upon this church. I pray that you would continue to, to watch over us. I pray that you would, uh, that you would um, increase our territory, that you would keep us safe from harm and all the, the junk that the world is throwing at churches today, that you would allow us to focus on Jesus' Holy Spirit, that our eyes would not be taken off the cross. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you love us. Wise, raise this church up to be a light for your kingdom, not for our glory, not for our name, for your name, for your glory. I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, guys, I love you. See you next week.